When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's edition of Star Wars Stuff Podcast. My name is David Lozano. And I am James Herrera. And here we are. It's been a long, it's been an eventful week. Every time we, every time after we're done with the podcast, I'm always like, are we going to have enough to talk about the next week? And this week, a lot happened. And so we're going to just dive right into that. I yeah, mean, that, that creeps into my mind. But then again, it's like, oh, man, it's Star Wars. There's so much depth and so many yeah, different things to talk about. So many things that could happen. Yeah. Right. In, in which it does. I right. Mean, I, I Yeah, I'm still kind of a little bit in shock that what we got at San Diego Comic-Con. I think everyone, no one was really expecting any type of huge announcement at Comic-Con. I, I had heard, I had been hearing things like for a while though. A lot of people were posting like we are gonna, they're gonna have a Clone Wars panel, and so a lot of people thought there is gonna be an announcement for Clone Wars. There is really? gonna be something like there will be at least either like a tribute or something big's gonna happen. Like I, I kept hearing like rumbles about it. So when the news came out, I was kind of like, oh well, uh, I was expecting it, but it was still amazing to find out. And I'll let you tell everybody like what what the news was. I mean, it was big. Well, all the publications that I subscribed to didn't really mention anything and didn't really even predict mm-hmm. what we got. But I think Andy and Anthony, just like what they did before the, the 40th panel, they kind of alluded to, like, you, if you can attend, attend the, the Clone Wars 10th anniversary. Uh, so, so I was they, like, they okay, something crazy and something great is probably going to be announced or happen. So, I got the news, I'm trying to remember, I got the news via, I want to say a video mm-hmm. of, or no, 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 I think it was on the Star Wars stuff Facebook page we have. Somebody somebody saw it. I think it was Scott, he posted the picture uh, of, of the helmet, helmet, yeah, yeah. And I think it said Clone Wars Saved. Hashtag Clone Wars Saved, yeah. So, I was like, well... Did it say that? Because I'm, I'm trying to think. Because that would totally tipped it off. It was yeah. It was. I think of... it was just the picture of the helmet. Oh, okay, okay. And then Clone Wars, and then when I saw that, I went to the internet and started looking around. And there it was. And the ha- I saw the hashtag, and it's like, oh man, they're they're gonna continue with the story, which is such a slam dunk thing to do. I think. Oh yeah. I mean, you have Filoni there. You know he has Ahsoka. He you know. He wants to continue Ahsoka's story somehow, some way. This is the perfect slot to oh, do yeah. that. Oh yeah. And then I finally see the trailer, and I'm like, oh okay, yeah, that that's really cool. I mean, the music they use the trailer music from, from the, the Force first Awakens, Force Awakens Star Wars trailer, and it was it was perfect. I thought. And I you thought hear it. Rex, you hear Cody, then you see all the ships from before Revenge of the Sith, mm-hmm. the Clone War era, of course. And the camera just pans away from the from the helmets. You see the big explosion. You see the camera turn around. You see the the gunship. Yeah. And then you see all the uh, all the starfighters. And then the camera goes underneath one of those walkers. And then you see Anakin oh, walk up with two I, commandos next to him. When I saw that, I, and the I music was, swells. I was and almost it's like, tears, oh man, this man. is big. <laughs> And then the camera turns around and you see all those prequel era Star Destroyers. All up in the air, getting ready yeah, for battle. Yeah. It's, it and was... then it cuts away and Clone Wars saved. And then it cuts back. You see Obi-Wan, Anakin. And that was our uh, Chewie were home moment yes, when Ahsoka yes. turns around. And that's around. the closest. I was going to say that's the closest we've gotten to that moment. Yep, to Chewie And home. you see Ahsoka and Hologram along with a Mandalorian, a female Mandalorian. Yeah. She turns around, and it's of course it's Ashley Eckstein. Oh, man. 
and she's back and I was like, okay, this 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 is pretty good. And then you go to StarWars.com, you read up on it, and it, it states that yeah, this is going to go to the uh, straight Disney's. to consumer yep. um, service. So yeah, we're gonna get that. We got Resistance. Then we have the live action. So and the, yeah, <laughs> I was like, okay, okay. And then I went to Twitter, and it was trending number five on the list. Wow. So yeah, it got it got pretty high up there. And it's not really shocking to me anymore because I know the other the younger generations really that is their Clone. that is their yeah. Star Wars yeah. yeah that was their inroad into Star Wars so yeah it was it was pretty cool but then at night I saw the panel and I knew what was coming I knew what was coming so I think it was recorded by uh, I guess um, I think it was maybe Steel Saunders okay he recorded it he he posted the link. And I watched it. It was an hour-long panel, and it was it was really cool that Filoni went back into his personal archive. It's very interesting. Go watch it. He really goes in depth to the whole history of of the making of Clone Wars and how they went about it. But he said that they brought a trailer to start off the panel that was a trailer that George Lucas had Filoni cut it at the last second because George Lucas asked Dave Filoni. Okay, so what do you guys bring into celebration this year? It's 2007 in Los Angeles. Yeah. And Filoni was like, uh, nothing. We're not doing anything. And then George Lucas was like, well, you need to cut, get, cut together a trailer, get it out to me, let me see it, and then I'll prove it, and then we'll, we'll have that. So that weekend, oh my him gosh. and another guy cut a trailer, Jeez. And which aired at Celebration 2007 in Los Angeles, mm-hmm. but was never aired again. So that's what they showed first. And then between Filoni, who was listed as the executive producer, I thought that was interesting. And then another producer was there. I, for, hmm. I forget her name. But then next to her, I believe, was uh, Ashley Eckstein and then Matt Lanter. And then it was uh, Kevin Kiner, mm-hmm. who's now pretty much done more Star Wars music than anyone, even John Williams. Yeah, because he's doing uh, he's right. he did all of the Rebels and everything as well. Right. Yeah. So they talked about stories for about 50 minutes and on the screen they were showing concept art and like doodles for possible ideas Ooh, for clone wars okay and that was really interesting and one of the funnier moments uh was uh battle droid and his tank one of those tanks on kashik mm-hmm. that was riding the water yeah, yeah, that, yeah, yeah. that was going on shore there was like an antenna up and there was something and this was kind of just like a quick drawing but it was almost looked, it looked like a flag mm-hmm. in a way, and Filoni was like, and and by the way, guys, right before they changed the sign, he's like, by the way, guys, that's that's I don't think I don't think you quite understand what that is that they're flying, but that's essentially a Wookie pelt that's flying. What? It was like the outline of a Wookie, like they skinned a Wookie. Oh my god! And put it up, and everyone's like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's terrifying. Yeah, that is extremely terrifying. But he was like, "Yeah, I mean, we, I mean, this is war, guys. I mean, what else do you use? They're not going to be flying like ribbons. I mean, come on, guys." <laughs> and yeah, there was a lot of stuff there. I mean, there was pictures of Yaddle, pictures of Darth oh, Maul. Yeah, I mean, it, it was a lot of stuff. And finally, they get down to. I mean, Dave Filoni was like so cool. I think everyone knew on the panel, of course, because yeah, I mean, yeah, they were yeah. all what, the, they, what, what the, was all the voice talent. Yeah. But Amy Ratcliffe was moderating. She act, I found that later on. She had no idea. So she's talking it up, talking it up about Clone Wars. And she's a really big Clone Wars fan. Mm-hmm. And she writes for StarWars.com as well. And it gets to the point where Dave Filoni has to give him the one more thing. Mm-hmm. And he told the audience we 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 really appreciate your support over the years and we were thinking really long and hard what was the one thing we could give you that we knew that you wanted the most and very kind of subdued and he said roll the footage and then they showed it and you just hear screams like people were screaming like oh my gosh oh my gosh and then they go through the whole Row of helmets, yep. 
Which and is beautiful. Then, and then they show Anakin, everyone's screaming, and then they black out, Clone Wars saved, everyone's in Yelling. hysterics. Yeah. And then they show Obi-Wan with Anakin, people scream for Obi-Wan, and then they show Ahsoka. And it, I mean, the, the roof like flies <laughs> off the place. That is and incredible. And then the camera goes to the panel. Matt Lanter's up there. He's screaming his head off like, yeah. And then Ashley Eckstein's just crying uncontrollably. <gasps> oh, my god. Amy gosh. Ratcliffe is crying. People are up, standing ovation. It was like, oh, my gosh. And I, like, start tearing up. I'm yeah. like, oh, man, that's, like, the moment right there. And I'm like. Please let there be that moment at Chicago Celebration. Yes, we I know, right? Yeah, like, I want that so bad in person. It's like they ruined. They 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 took the big surprise. Oh, you know man, what I mean? Because that's in, when I heard about it. I I was I was pretty psyched, but I hadn't seen the footage. And I think Colin posted some pictures. Uh, he gave us. I think he sent us something. And I was like, right, I'm gonna watch this. And I watched it. And I was just like, <gasps> I was just in shock. And then at the very end when they showed Ahsoka, I was like, this is going to be amazing this is phenomenal and i felt i was so jealous of the people who got to be there for that panel to see and then that they got posters as well yep oh, some geez. people got multiple posters jerks too. hey uh, give us one of those please i have a nice collection here on my wall i'd like to have uh, a clone wars and so now i have to go back and rewatch the clone wars and we're this is not going to happen until next year right like we're not going to be because the streaming service starts next year right it's going to be they say the straight to consumer online service mm-hmm. So yeah, I mean we're gonna wait a while, but yeah. I mean that animation takes a little while, even yeah. with the upgrades and the evolution of it. So I think at Celebration we're actually gonna get a a trailer to the first episode. I think that's what they're gonna give us at Celebration, getting us ready for the Clone Wars. What do you think? I think they might just give us the first episode. That would be phenomenal if they did. I would. Oh my gosh. We're gonna be there. We're gonna we're gonna have yeah. to anything if if you're at Celebration Chicago, if they have any panel for Clone Wars, you have to go because like David said, they're probably gonna show the first episode right. and everybody's gonna go nuts. It's gonna be right. amazing. And I, I'm always amazed that some people this is their Star Wars. Like this is their right. this is for us, you know, is you know, Luke Skywalker, Han Solo and Princess Leia. For people it's Anakin Obi Wan and Ahsoka are like their Star Wars. As I love it that it's this whole gener like different generations and people embraced it and they loved it and it it's going. It's happening. Right, right. And I mean, you think back, you do the whole Monday morning quarterback thing with it and it's like of course, I mean, of course they did this. Of course they brought back Ahsoka this way. I mean, yeah. It's I mean, it seems so like like just yeah, duh, you're going to do this. Yeah. And I didn't see anyone really talk about this and it <laughs> and really kind of prognosticate and say this is probably going to happen. I didn't really see any of that. But. Well, I think people were just hoping that that's what they were going to announce. And I, I follow a couple of Facebook Star Wars Facebook pages, and they said, you know, in, in you know, GIFs or that's how you say it, GIFs, not GIFs. I don't want to. Okay, I'm going to embarrass myself. I say GIFs. I say GIFs, and then someone's like, no, it's a GIF. But anyways, those things, GIFs. Um, they said post uh, only in GIFs uh, your reaction to the Clone Wars, and a lot of people were putting meh, like okay, whatever. Like, eh, it's not, no big deal. But then you had, like, more people just yeah, screaming and yelling. I put Poe Dameron yelling yes in the TIE Fighter. Like, yes! I was like, this is great. This is great. But I, I know a lot, some of the Star Wars fans are not, like, pumped about it. Maybe it's because they didn't watch the Clone Wars. They didn't, they didn't really right. see what the big deal was about it. And I was the same way. I didn't see what the big deal was until, like, five years ago. Finally, one day, it was on Netflix, and I was just like, you know what? I'm going to try the first couple of episodes because my brother John had showed me the first episode and I watched it and I was like, that's okay. And then I started watching more of it and I was like, man, some of these episodes are intense. Some of these are phenomenal. The story is amazing. There's enough there for you to like, for the hardcore fans to just love and soak up and uh, it's awesome. It's so awesome. And the real interesting thing about it, I think, is that with Clone Wars, we have most of the story Mm -hmm. and then just kind of like hopping over that story we get rebels yes so we have the continuation the quasi continuation of it and we know certain things that happen in that span of time that we didn't get clone wars episodes yeah so there's some really cool stuff that we're probably gonna see yes happen there's gonna be yeah that's what i was thinking about too i was like they're gonna be blending in the the sequel how do you call it the sequel trilogy now like 
Force Awakens and Last Jedi. And yeah. They're, they're going to be trying to blend in some of that stuff too. Like Thrawn might maybe introduced somewhere in the Clone Wars now. Like a younger Thrawn maybe thrown in somewhere. And there's a lot of things that they can play with. And how, how many episodes is it going to be? It's going to be 12. It's That's be what 12. I saw reported, but some people were saying 10. I, I saw 10 and I saw 12 as well, so yeah. I don't know exactly. So they have enough there to play with to give us, for one, to finish the story and lead us right into what would be really cool is General Grievous kidnapping uh, Palpatine, right? Like very the very end that'd be amazing then we'd be like the story is complete right know? and that's what i heard i heard it's gonna end right leading up to episode three awesome so, yeah it's we're gonna get a lot of backfilled information and story so that's that's something that i'm looking for that's to. something i'm really looking forward to because because even watching because you know i guess for me i was just like you know it's all these adventures. We never see them in the movie, so it doesn't count. That's what I, that's what I used to think when I was a little bit younger. But then the more I watch them, like I watched all of Rebels, I like just could not stop watching that, and it made me appreciate the Clone Wars even more from that to like really understand like how they were, what the story they were trying to tell, and that it doesn't take away from anything. It doesn't take away from the original, you know, the prequels. It doesn't take away anything. It's it's just a great like. When he said he could never have done it in a movie, he had to do it this way. He had to show us the war in this style because if not, then people we all we would all still be left wondering what was the Clone Wars like? What was that all about? You know, and that's pretty great. <laughs> yeah, it is pretty great. And, and the other great thing was Filoni. He kept on mentioning throughout the panel, conferencing and talking with George Lucas about the Clone Wars, and he kept on saying, "Yeah, George showed me." how you deliver and create a Star Wars story. That's awesome. And he said he's still following all the same rules that Jeez. George Lucas showed him. After all these years? So, yeah, I mean, I mean, he's doing what... He, he By proxy, I mean, it's like George Lucas doing this. You know? Yeah. I mean, he knows the rules, and it's working. And, I mean, it's, it's all... To me, it's all just like slam dunk stuff. I mean, yeah. we're going to get Ahsoka back. Mm-hmm. And now with the Disney streaming service, Ahsoka's going to be even more elevated. Yes, and it kind of got my got my gears going in my head. It's like, well, I mean, JJ's going to do episode nine. Is there a chance that I think we yeah. don't we don't we don't get? Because I mean, who knows if Mark Hamill's still yeah. really into Star Wars? But I mean, if he's not. You have Ahsoka Tano, which is that could show up. That would be insane if you really want to connect it all. Oh yeah, if you, you really, get Ahsoka yeah. in there, and oh, you yeah. blow her up even bigger, and then you get all those people that only did the film wonder about Ahsoka. Then you could just tell them, "Hey, look, there's all this stuff on her." Yep, that was Anakin's apprentice. That would be huge. That would be. That'd be really, really great. But she'd be pretty old around this this time, though, right? Ahsoka would, right. unless tw- Twi'leks. It would don't be age. totally like in the Two Towers again, off the white showing up. Yes, it would be. Oh my! I would. Lose. But we wouldn't know beforehand. Yes, I mean that's the key. Now I'm like pumped. Now I'm like wondering: Are they going to do that? Are they going to introduce Ahsoka in I feel Episode like Nine? No, there's a very good chance. No, because <sighs> I think. Unless it's true that J.J. does want to connect... Everything. Everything. And not just the trilogies, but everything. Because Ahsoka doesn't appear in any of the trilogies. So, if he does that, it's going to be like... he's He might want to go out with a bang. I think that's the way to do it. I think... Because we're not going to have Luke. We're not going to have Leia. We're not going to have Han Solo. You know what I mean? So, we're going to have Lando. But Lando wasn't as as amazing and, and big as the other three. And now you have this new generation who's coming into Star Wars and who's on it because of the Clone Wars. Why not throw them this? Why not throw everybody this who's kept up with Ahsoka and who loves Ahsoka? And then out of nowhere in Episode Nine, something happens. Like they're like, "Oh, we have an informant who's like telling us blah 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 blah." Who's your informant? And then we see her in the flesh. There she is. Like, but it's kind of risky though because you want her to look good. You want Ahsoka to look like Ahsoka. Because she has a very distinct look to her. And then the voice. The voice is iconic. You know, you don't want to replace her with somebody else. So, I don't know. Well, I mean, it's they risky. did it with Darth Maul. True. True, they did do it with Darth Maul. 
I mean, do you think that that's what they would do? They would hire somebody oh, else? No, they, they would have to get Ashley X done. <laughs> they would have to do that. But I don't think JJ's going to do it then. I think he's still going to lobby for Mark Hamill to be a force ghost. I, I agree, but I don't know. In the back of my mind, I'm thinking, like you said, a slam dunk. That would be a slam dunk for, for the fans to have Ahsoka in the flesh in an episodic film to to now very, very, like, officially she is officially like pure canon now like she's yeah she already is but now look she is in a movie now same as darth maul the way darth maul was in solo where you know this whole time we're thinking yeah he's alive in the clone wars and the rebels eh, okay like we get it but then now when you see him physically in a movie you're like now nah, he is officially alive in the movies you know so yeah and you think about the ending of the last jedi where is the new rebellion at i mean it's just a handful of people mm-hmm. in the falcon they're gonna need everyone yes. they can possibly get. And Ahsoka, Ahsoka, a Sabine, Lando. Sabine, you know, General Zendula, wherever she's like, they could seriously bring in rebels, and everybody would lose their minds. That would be just the coolest thing because, like you said, they need everybody. They need everybody to help out with this thing, and why not bring in this warrior who, you know, was. An amazing warrior back then, and now she's still an amazing warrior. Why not bring her in to help out? But then you don't want her to take away Ray's, you know, thunder from, you know, episode nine. I think you still can have Ray at the forefront Mm -hmm. and still be a leader and the new, the newest Mm -hmm. Jedi, the newest last Jedi. (laughs) And then she could, uh, I don't know. Then they can have conversations about Anakin. That'd be pretty cool. One of my favorite moments in Rebels is when uh, Ahsoka fights Vader and she messes up Vader's helmet. And then you hear him say Ahsoka, but it's in Anakin's voice. And that part always gives me chills because it's like, oh, my God, like he's still there. That she turns around yeah. and you just see his eye there and he's like, it's him. Like, that's Anakin. Like, that's that always makes me happy. So I'm wondering if they were to do that, they would mention Anakin, talk about Anakin. She would talk about how she's always seen Luke and blah, 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 how she communicated with Yoda and, you know, stuff like that. Like, that would just tie a lot of it together and it would be really, really great. Yeah. That'd be awesome, man. <laughs> it would be awesome. We'll see, though. Yeah, we shall see. I don't think it's good. I don't know. Uh, another thing. <laughs> another another thing they announced at uh at uh, Comic Con uh, a new book by Claudia Gray yeah. called uh, Masters and a it's a Master and Apprentice yeah, yeah. Master and Apprentice about Qui Gon and Obi Wan Kenobi. So I know yes yes Ugh. if y'all would have seen David's face he just went oh <laughs> yeah and she is a phenomenal writer one of the best writers in the new can just a great writer all around so her writing a story about qui-gon and obi-wan i'm wondering what is gonna be in this prequel era story that is gonna be able to tie in to everything else like that's where i'm and then whether or not we're gonna also she if she goes forward to um uh, before a new hope when obi-wan's communicating still with qui-gon and whether or not she's gonna go through the whole saga like she did with Lost, uh, with Lost Stars, and have all these moments happening, and you see Qui Gon and Obi Wan communicating, seeing it all happen, and how they were helping, helping out here and there for people. That'd be amazing. I think this story has the potential to be a big, big story in the Star Wars lore. I mean, right, filling a huge gap. Yep, and huge gap. My f- and Qui Gon to me is a very interesting mm-hmm. character. Very interesting. Yes, and I mean, my my. My head's still spinning about it, and if I if I had the chance to do episode nine, it really wouldn't be a traditional Star Wars episode. Mm-hmm. It would be a bunch of flashbacks, mm-hmm. and like you said, bring everyone back. I'm bringing everyone back. <laughs> I'm bringing Liam Neeson, Ewan McGregor, <sighs> showing using the de aging technology that like Marvel uses. Yes, have them younger, maybe show younger. Yo, I mean, do a lot, a lot, a lot. Connect it all together. Have some maybe through line through all the stories that connects it to the mm-hmm. very end of Ray's story, and that would be phenomenal. That, like it all, yeah. it all leads. And have it be a surprise. Yes, yes. Have it be like we don't know. We just think it's going to be a standard okay continuation continuation of the Last Jedi, and then just drop that on us. We would just be like so hyperventilating. So the so <laughs> would you would you want the story to be like like you said going back with a young Yoda, young Qui Gon, and like have this entire story lead up to Rey? No, or what, what would I would want it it would almost be like trilogies within an episode, almost okay. Like you show 
you don't exactly show that time period where Qui-Gon is about to get killed by by uh, Darth, Darth Maul. Maul in episode one. You show them early on. Yeah. Maybe, maybe you even show Dooku as Yoda's apprentice. I mean, you go back and you just tie it in that way. Yeah. Kind of, kind of like what I said with if you show scenes from the previous trilogies, but at like a different angle, mm-hmm. different point different of view. Different point, certain point of view. So, <laughs> I mean, if you could do that, that would, I think, would be, I mean, it would be kind of fan service, but still, yeah. I mean, it would be something so unexpected and just so different. And I think it would bring everyone back together and be like, hey, look, we remember the past. And this is how it connects to the present and the future. So, yeah, like I said, so all of that, would the overall story be the story of Ray? Like, right. how the back... Yeah, it is the story of Ray. So, no so, so that's that's what I was Ray asking. Like, whether or not everything that happened with Dooku and, uh, and Yoda, you know, back then. And then, of course, because Yoda trained Dooku, which is incredible. And then Dooku trains Qui-Gon, who he probably had to... This kid had to be great. In order for Yoda, because Yoda trains Dooku, and Dooku knows what he needs in an apprentice, because he knows what Yoda taught him. So he chooses Qui Gon, and then Qui Gon becomes this amazing master, and he also has to keep in mind what a good student looks like. Finds Obi Wan, and so like all this, all of these great masters training these apprentices, and then you got Anakin, Ahsoka, and then you got Obi Wan, you know Luke, and then it goes all the way down to Rey. It's like the, you could really start something amazing with this and my friend uh christian he says he would love to have seen a qui-gon Jin movie and i was like why he says because qui-gon is the only one not the only one but one of the only ones who truly believed in that prophecy like he's the one who heard the prophecy where did he hear the prophecy where why was he the one jedi who was just like this is this is it this is the chosen one i know this is the chosen one who told him that like why who where did this legend begin where he just embrace this, you know, this this thing, and he was really adamant that this was the chosen one. And then to see like the past, see the present, and see like how it all ties into Ray's character. And he was pitching me this movie, my friend Christian was, and I was like, that'd be a really cool movie to see. And then now that I heard about this book and how you described it, it's like, yeah, I hope it's about that because that's awesome. It needs to be that way because we need because yeah, Qui Gon's a fascinating character. He's like an unsung hero of the whole the whole thing. Because without him. You know, Anakin would just been another slave boy on, you know, Tatooine. He would have been like, ah, okay. Uh, the prophecies probably doesn't, it's not real. I'm just going to leave you here. But no, he was like, no, this is it. You are the one. Yeah, and not only Qui-Gon. I mean, you could bring in all the old guys from the prequels. Coyote mm-hmm. Mundy. Plo yes, Plo Koon. I like Plo yeah. <laughs> He has that cool, he looks almost like a predator. I always yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But um, hey, is your microphone tipping down right there? Do you want to raise it up a little bit? <laughs> I'll stop it. Hold on. <laughs> So, so yeah, I don't know when this book is going to come out, and I hope, I know it's going to be great. I know it's going to be amazing, and I and I'm just like like I say, I wonder how she's going to tie it into the Force Awakens, Last Jedi, and then Episode Nine, whatever Episode Nine is going to be called. Whether or not she will do that, but I think that's kind of what she has to do with this book. I think she has uh, to. I don't necessarily think so. I mean, I, I feel you have to. I feel you have to have you. you they want to, they want to connect everything together. Cause right now there is a kind of like a disconnect between what's happening in the last Jedi. Force yeah. Awakens but see, I think the books, episode one, I think the books are really for the hardcore sweaty star Wars fans more like so myself. than the general public that is kind of like debating and arguing online about the last Jedi. I don't think it's really for them. I think it's really for the people that the books is a whole nother section of the fan base. I know, but there's a way there's a, I, I think there is a way to do it, but I don't, I don't think she's going to tread there. I, I think she will. I think she's, she's given information that's brand new on mm-hmm. a need to know basis. And I don't think she, that really, I think that does. I mean, she, she would, I think she would like to do it, but I think there's so much there already between Anakin and Obi-Wan that you can just talk about and flesh out and just reveal that mm-hmm. I, you don't really need to tie it into any new movie that's going to come out. I, I disagree. I, th- really? I think, I think you, I think for the books, I think a lot of these books now, which are kind of erasing the legends, erasing, cause there, there were books when episode one came out called Jedi apprentice and it was young Obi-Wan mm-hmm. and Qui-Gon and so all that's done. All that is no longer canon. So for me, all these new books that Disney is is trying to get out is a way for us to have like a better uh, like background of the whole story of what happened before 
the prequels, what happens in the middle, what happens. So I think for me, for for this book, I think it's a way for Disney to say, okay, this is the canon of what happened before the Phantom Menace. Like this is what was going on, and we see the original, we see the prequels, we see the original trilogy, and how it ties into the Force Awakens, the Last Jedi. So I think that's what they're trying to do with these books is to tie in enough to where it feels like the story was always supposed to be this. That's just my opinion. But, um, but I can see what you're saying where there is enough where she doesn't have to, she right. can just kind of write her own amazing story, which it's, it's gotta be, it's gonna be amazing. I already so, yeah. know it. So she could just write a story about Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan on like their first mission, which would be, fun. I would yeah. read the hell out of that book. Or she could talk about stuff. She could talk about Qui-Gon and talk about his master, Yoda could talk about you know like all this other stuff could happen to where you you get the inside of Qui-Gon's head about always looking for the chosen one like why was the chosen one so important to Qui-Gon and why the others were kind of like eh he could be but I don't I don't see it but Qui-Gon his dying words were train the boy you know you have to train him so right that was what his last words were something like that yeah (laughs) he is the chosen one I think is what his last words were uh, yeah. so stuff like that is, is so fascinating and how was he wrong was he right was this the chosen one or was the prophecy never was the prophecy always something else like was it always supposed to be someone else because I've heard I've heard so many rumors about the prophecy of what it was actually supposed to be they knew it was supposed to be a woman but throughout the years it got passed down that it was a boy not a girl but it was always supposed to be a girl was the chosen one Hmm. which now makes you think Ray could be the one, the one that brings balance. And they keep talking about balance. They keep talking about the balance of the force and the chosen one was supposed to bring balance to that. So there's that, there could be that entire plot where the Skywalkers are never supposed to be the chosen ones, but the Skywalkers were supposed to More lead us. stepping stone. We're supposed to, to lead us Rey. to the, to the chosen one, which was going to be Ray. Right. So I hope that book describes that. Because that'd be pretty cool. And then the episode nine, we find that out that the Skywalkers were always meant to be the doorway to the chosen one. Wow. Yeah. That, that, <laughs> that, that could happen. But then again, it, that people are saying that JJ could retcon who's Ray, Ray's parents. And uh, see, <laughs> like, I'm, and I'm, how, how much is that going to make you mad? Or how much is that going to turn you off? If it's okay. So the only way it will not turn me off. <laughs> is it before the movie comes out Johnson and Abrams say oh this was we were always this was always the plan like Johnson says this was always what we were supposed to do because it all goes back to what I read whenever Abrams read The Last Jedi Abrams said I am so disappointed I am not directing this movie I would have loved to made this movie that Ryan Johnson made which means he didn't see anything wrong with the story but see I mean you you, you gotta really look into that statement though because he says that, but he says that... As if, like, I wish I could direct this movie because he didn't do a good job writing it? Well, not necessarily. I'm, I'm more or less kind of pointing to the fact that he could, he could have continued it the way he wanted to mm-hmm. because Ryan Johnson was the end-all, be-all for that story. Mm-hmm. He didn't really consult anyone. He just made the story that was personal to him. Mm-hmm. And that's what he wanted to see. That's what he created. And... When you look back on it now, it's like, oh, they should have had, like, an overarching story. They, they should have. I mean. But, but. And we know this information. We know that it was, like, a like a tag your it situation. And yeah. Well, it's it your turn. Was. What's what's the rest of the story? Okay. I'm back in. Now, is there going to be time wasted trying to. I don't. Amend and remold back star wars and jj abrams see i don't mindset i don't think so i think i think what they had planned with eight and seven is all gonna flow into nine i I have a feeling that that's what's gonna happen because i always go back to return of the jedi where the movie ends with han being kidnapped and we're kind of like oh i mean empire ends with han being kidnapped and we're kind of like that was dumb. How, what's going to happen next? Like, are they ever going to find him? Are we ever going to, what's going to, what's the next part of the story? And then the movie opens and you're like, Oh, it's a rescue mission. Awesome. They get Han back. Now here we go. And then the movie, the movie goes. And then you find out that the whole rescue mission was, was a big deal. Like him being kidnapped. Wasn't his final 
his final moment in Empire. There's right. a whole plot. Um, mind you, you could argue and say, well, the rescue mission was a way for them to make up for the fact that he's taken away and you spend 45 minutes of your movie trying to get him back. And then the movie really starts after that. But that was all George Lucas. But that was all George. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I see it that we we just have to wait for nine like that's all it is i think we just have to wait for nine we just have to see what it was that was that was planned because i don't i don't think abrams would go back and redo but they've told us that there was no plan i mean it's just every writer director team yeah but that writes but with with abrams abrams is such a and then it's also chris terrio too writing yes so and chris terrio's written argo and he's also written Dawn of Justice and Justice No, just uh, Justice League he wrote. Yeah, Batman versus Superman, right? Or was it Justice League? It was just Justice League, I think. Uh because uh, Ben Affleck had been given a little bit of power around then and he yeah. brought him in from Argo to write uh Justice League. Um so it's like I, I, I have a feeling when it all when it comes out, we're all gonna go, Oh, okay. It all makes sense now. I don't I just I have a feeling Abrams will not spend the time to completely over, overdo or, or just like override what was in episode eight. I, I just have a feeling. I have a feeling the movie's going to start. And once it's over, we're all going to go, oh, now it all makes sense now. <laughs> I don't know. I'm going to go in there with really kind of not the same expectations I went in. It's gonna, it's gonna be hard. They're gonna promote this thing so well that we're, it's you're gonna be hyped. You're gonna have so you're, all of us are gonna have high expectations for this movie. There's no way we can't. And I, I really love J.J. Abrams' whole mystery box thing. Yes. Like he wants to not give away a whole lot mm-hmm. and have us be surprised and just kind of not show everything in the trailers. Yes, just kind of. I like it when a director really makes us think one thing but gives us something else. But that something else is like something that I really wanted. Yeah. With Ryan Johnson, I didn't get that. He gave me something that I didn't expect and something that I really didn't want. <laughs> so it's... I mean, well, like I said, we just have to see. We just have to see. And I, I, yeah, I think eight is eight and eight is is there it's in the timeline now. yeah you can't do anything about can't it can't do anything about <laughs> it and so it's like all right nine starts and nine's gonna make us all go oh okay oh oh okay and then it all makes sense and then like i i keep saying and i know I'm, if i'm wrong i'm wrong if i'm wrong then yeah i the last jedi was not a great movie if nine comes out and he completely says oh that didn't happen really this is what was really happening uh then i'm wrong and i'll eat my own words but for me thinking about it i think in the coming years eight will be looked looked back on as a, as a as a nice movie in the series just the way as empire was empire wasn't as well received because a lot of people were were kind of turned off by the fact that it was a lot darker it was a lot more um and there wasn't a lot of like fun fun you know banter and everything whereas in like there wasn't a, a new hope but then now looking back empire is one of the best star wars movies ever and if not one of the best movies ever made so right. i think that's what's going to happen with the last jedi where after nine comes out, Blast Jedi will then be really looked upon and really studied, and people will go, "Oh, now it all kind of makes sense." But what kind of throws shade over all of that is the fact that we do get these reports where Abrams and Johnson, like you said, "All right, your turn, go for it." What, what's it going to be about? I don't know. You just uh, just do your thing, and then I'll come back and I'll do yeah, my it's thing. Like a relay know? race filmmaking, and I, yeah, because I had heard a while back. I mean, when Ryan Johnson came in, he had asked them and. Abrams is kind of like, yeah, we really don't. Like, Abrams really didn't have a lot of what he wanted to do. And Abrams is so busy. Yes. So busy. And it goes back to before what we were talking about. Is he going to have Ahsoka in the movie? It's like, yeah, probably not. He's probably not going to watch Clone Wars. Probably hasn't watched Clone Wars. He's too involved in all of his other projects. Yeah, but. And then it leads you to like, man, Dave Filoni's building his resume, man. I don't know. He's building, man. And I mean, all this goodwill towards him. When the news of the Clone War series came out, overwhelmingly positive. Yes. Oh, oh I mean, the, there was no yeah. arguments, no like, oh, I don't want to see that. Yeah. You more or less saw people say, if anything, negative, they would say something like, oh, I don't watch the Clone Wars and I don't really care about it. Yeah, yeah. But they didn't say, oh, I hate that. That shouldn't be there, you know? Yeah, it wasn't. Yeah, it fate, wasn't yeah. a Last Jedi type reaction. 
So it's like Dave Filoni, man. I mean, he's he's coming up in the ranks. He's already high. Oh, he's up, up there. there. This 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 but this further like pushed him higher, higher up there. I I, I have a feeling if I were Kathleen and Kennedy, then even on the panel, Ashley Eckstein said that he's the best director she's ever worked for, as well as Kevin Kiner. He said that was the best relation director composer relationship he's ever had. So, I mean, Dave Filoni is, he's just waiting in the wings, it seems like. But if it were me, I would just keep him right where he is because he's doing a phenomenal job. Right. I would, you know what I mean? But like, see, Dave Filoni, he's only Star Wars. Yeah. I don't think he does anything else other than concentrate on the Star Wars story. Oh, I see what you're saying. I mean, he's so why not? steeped in the Lucasfilm family only. He's not an outsider. Yeah. Kathleen Kennedy, outsider. J.J. Abrams, outsider. Yes, very accomplished, but they're not... Star Wars. They weren't there with George Lucas for hours and hours talking about Star Wars, learning Star Wars, how to tell the stories of Star Wars. And everything that Dave Filoni's putting out, to me, and my and, and where my position is, I'm not a big fan of animation, but I realize what talent he has oh yeah me too and the fan reaction that he gets and i mean it's you got a guy that's there i could i can maybe see him maybe like becoming also an executive for all the movies like if kathleen would bring him in more involved in the movies i could see that but i don't know do you think he has the the I don't want to say I don't want to, I want to make it sound bad, but do you think he has the strength to take on the entire franchise the way Kathleen Kennedy has? See, because that's a thing though, because it's not it's a it's a, there's a lot more going on with with what she's doing, what she's trying to get going here. Because not only is she dealing with the the books, the she's dealing with the shows now and the movies. She's trying to figure out the streaming service, what they're going to do with the streaming service, what belongs there, what doesn't belong there, and so there's all these things and. Like I said, Dave Filoni's a fantastic at animation, which is an incredible asset to Star Wars now, which we never thought would ever happen. So why why wouldn't you hire the best person at that job and say, hey, you focus entirely on that for me and I'll trust everything you do, which is what she's doing. I don't. Th- and then if he were to become the overall Lucasfilm, I don't. I think he would he wouldn't be able to focus as much as he wanted to on the animation portion. He'd have to worry about everything else and try to get these big productions. Well, going. I mean, it's, it's art imitating life. I mean, you can't have Palpatine and then have a dictator and then just have them kind of go that route. I mean, you need other people. And I think Filoni should be the, the chief creative mm-hmm. person and whatever that role is. I don't know. But of course we all know Kathleen Kennedy's a great producer. I mean, if, if we could change up the roles and, even if the titles don't change, just have something change mm-hmm. in there. And I think Filoni, you could slot him in a higher role. Have him more or less the overseer. Because he's the closest thing to... George Lucas. The maker that we have. Yeah. That's actually still at Lucasfilm. That makes sense. Yeah, I, I could see that. Like what? Like so, his title would be uh, head of creation, head of creative, head of creation. Well, then what, what? Pablo, that's Pablo's job. Right? Oops, sorry. Uh, I'm not sure what Pablo's title actually is, but I know he's in the story group. And, I mean, it, I don't know, man. It's just, I don't know what to think of the story group. I mean, you got five, I think it's five people there. Mm-hmm. And, I don't know. You know what's wrong with the story group? I think group? they're more of consultative. They're not like, well, you should do this, you should do that. It's more or less the director, the writer going to them. Will this fit? Will this work? Mm-hmm. Can Ray do this? Can a Jedi do that? And they're just like yes or no, and here's why. Well, you know what the problem is with the story group, right? They didn't hire us. I mean, that's <laughs> that's the uh, that's the problem with the story group. They didn't hire us to be a part of that. Well, did you apply? I because uh, <laughs> you have to have experience to do that. And I'm like, uh, I have a podcast. So <laughs> I talk a lot about Star Wars. I promise, but um. I, I can see that. Let's. Let, well, I guess we have to wait to see. Um, we have to wait to see how the Clone Wars does because if the Clone Wars does really, really well and it's very, very, and we also have to see how Resistance does. I think based off of those two, 
I think maybe then she'll bring him up to something higher. Or like I said, she knows what's working. She says, you're doing great. Keep doing that. Don't stop making these stories because people are embracing them like a lot. I mean, I don't know. Yeah, and are we going to get any lightsabers in Resistance? I probably not. I don't think we're going to do anything with the Jedi. Because it's a, it's, a, it's a dry spell, if you may, for uh, for uh, for the Jedi there. Because Luke is going to be off doing his own thing. Luke's going to be trying to recruit. And um, we're probably never going to even see Luke. Uh, are we going to get Leia in there? Is Leia going to be in there? She has to be in there. Yeah, are we going to see any force powers? <laughs> yeah, I don't think we're going to see anything, which is going to be kind of risky because Clone Wars re- relied on that. Rebels was all about that. It was cool yeah. to see the Jedi come up. Um, but then part of me is also thinking, are we going to see an anime-style Syndulla, anime-style Ghosts, yeah, that'd be cool. anime-style Ahsoka, Sabine, you know what I mean? Like all these things they could do with it. And they haven't released anything. They haven't released any trailers of Resistance and that's driving me crazy. I thought for sure they would have done it at Well, Comic-Con. they did release some the, the screenshots. Yeah. 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 Someone took a picture at like a panel or something. Oh, and uh, I, I caught something that Joseph didn't even catch was the red the red trooper. Is, yeah. Is, yeah. Yeah. And I was like, that was a cardinal. He goes, what? Yeah. I was like, yeah. Like, that was yeah. a big deal. And he's a cool character. He's a really cool character. Yeah. Uh, he's going to be actually going up against um, There will be moments of him going up against Phasma. Him and Phasma kind of. Ah. And there's a plot that ends in the book Phasma with him being taken to the resistance. So part of me is wondering, are they going to try to tie that also into this, this show? So there's a lot of cool things they could do with that TV show. And I'm dying to see a trailer because I want to see what it's, how it's going to look, how it's going right. to, how, how it's it going to, how it moves, how it looks. Yeah. Cause there's a lot of, um, I'm not a big anime guy. I'm not either, but I like the style. I like the way it looks. Oh yeah. Me and I too. think in a star Wars format, it'd be really, really good. We'll see. Because, yeah, it could be something really, really cool, but they haven't shown us anything, so I'm kind of sad. Yeah, hopefully <laughs> they just hold it now till Celebration. But but Resistance just... comes out this year, though, right? It comes out this fall? That's true. Yeah, so <laughs> so so we can't... I keep we... on thinking next year we're going to get some next year, because I'm thinking about... Cl- I'm on Clone Wars now. Yeah. So yeah, Resistance will air on Disney, XD. on the Disney Channel, yeah. will premiere there, and then it'll slot over to Disney XD. Mm-hmm. Which I always end up buying the whole season because I don't have Disney. I don't have Disney XD. I just buy the whole season on iTunes. And each week it downloads to my Apple TV. And I'm like, yes, I'm going to watch these all day. (laughs) So what I just did this weekend. What would you do? Since Comic-Con is on. I know Conan always goes to Comic-Con and does Comic-Con shows. Mm -hmm. He'll go to San Diego. And he'll have essentially like a pseudo mini panel for a film. Which he's done already. The Predator. And he also did a Breaking Bad reunion. Mm. And the next one will be Glass, I believe, tonight. Yes. So I subscribe to uh, YouTube TV, and I got a seven-day trial. And what YouTube TV is, it's probably the most popular cable channels, Mm. plus your local channels as well. Oh, wow. So you don't need an antenna. You pay $40 a month for it. But um, It's not bad. Yeah, I basically just wanted to check it out, and it works really well. And I didn't have any issues with it. The interface is very intuitive. And um, I'm checking out Conan every night now. <laughs> and then, of course, I'll... I mean, and you can actually go to live and rewind it as well. Oh, wow. So, yeah. It's almost like having a DVR. If you yeah, it's it, yeah. like cloud DVR, essentially. And That's then, and of cool. course, you can add HBO and everything else. But the interesting thing is... I'm a sports guy, too. And you, no, you, you get all the ESPN stuff. What? All the Fox Sports stuff. You get everything big, MLB Network, um, I think one of the uh, college networks as well, ESPNU, mm-hmm. but you don't get NFL Network. That's the only thing it's missing, Church. I think. Church. But, uh, yeah. So, <laughs> I don't know. It's it's kind of cool, I thought. So Well, I'll, like I said, I'll just end up buying the whole season, and hopefully they get more than one season of yeah. Resistance. And of course, Disney XD is on it, too. Yeah. And I noticed that as well. Man, maybe I should just jump on that. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm okay with spending, like I said, like forty bucks for, <laughs> for Star Wars. It's Star Wars. Come on, you gotta, you gotta do it. Um, was there uh, anything, anything else happened? Uh, um, 
I think there was another book. Yeah, it's uh, the, the Queen's Queen's right. Shadow or the Shadow right, of the right. Queen. I had a picture of Padme. Padme with uh, Amidala's yeah. uh, face, which is the, from the same author, New York Times bestselling author of Ahsoka, the novel that came out uh, a year ago. Um, this story, I, don't, I, don't, I didn't see a plot to it. I just saw the book. So it's going to be about Amidala, which I, I don't want to sound like a jerk, but I like. What's going to be really great about that book? You know what I mean? I know I sound like a jerk, but like not not that question. I shouldn't question it like that. But what's going to be like the the draw to that book for us to like flock to go and read it? Like what's going to be in there that's going to? Because at first I thought when I first saw the cover, I thought it was Amandala's face, and then it was uh, Leia's face on the other side, and I got excited, and I saw that it was Amandala and you know and Pat, yeah. her pretty much the same person. And I was like, oh, what's going to be this? What's going to be the draw to that one? Why are we going to flock to go and read that? Unless it's about, I don't know, but you got nothing. <laughs> I got nothing. Her whole relationship she alluded to in the Phantom Menace or the Tyler Clones. Oh, the guy, the yeah. guy that she uh, that she liked, Dreamy. Was his name like Paulo or something? Something like that. Something yeah. Like that. So the whole movie will be about that. Um, <laughs> or the whole movie could be you go political. Yeah, if you're really into politics, maybe. I think they're gonna go that route with her in the yeah. Senate, trying to figure out like what's going on. They have a lot of Palpatine stuff in it. They could have a lot of Palpatine stuff, but not a lot of Palpatine stuff where it's like mind blowing, but just a lot of like on the surface. All of his sneakiness. Yeah. I'd like to see a young Palpatine where he grew up on Naboo and all this other stuff, like a canonized story of that. Because I know we have Darth Plagueis, but that's not, that's a legend now. It's not. So I would have wanted that. But like I said, I don't want to be a jerk. I'm pretty sure it's going to be a great book. I just, I just want to know what the draw to that, to that will be. I mean, I guess because we haven't had a, um, you know, Padme Amandala new canon story. So this could be one of those books, I guess. So, yeah. or maybe it's right after, um, it's right after Phantom Menace trying to, trying to rebuild everything again. And after if, the clone army goes away, I mean, not the clone army, the battle army goes away. What if Snoke makes an appearance in that book? Don't do that to me. <laughs> Just kidding. That would be phenomenal if they did. Yeah. But, um, I don't know. I think Snoke's going to be somewhere in probably Thrawn alliances. I think Snoke will probably okay. be thrown in there somewhere. Yeah. But uh, and that's the one with Anakin and Thrawn on yeah. the cover, right? Okay. They, they, some of the some of the books have Anakin have a Thrawn invader, and then some of them also have Anakin and 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 uh, and Thrawn. But I think it's it's going to be the Anakin. It's around that era when they met each other. So we'll see. Which is why I think Thrawn will be in the new uh, Clone Wars as well. Yeah, yeah, that would be really cool. Yeah, the possibilities, man. I love it. It's Star yeah. Wars, man. It's Star Wars. Yeah. Was there anything else today or uh, news? Why? I think that was all like the big news that happened this week. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Comic Con's still going on. Mm-hmm. So who knows what day can happen? Yeah. Three. So yeah, we should get uh, more information about other stuff. But uh, and hopefully next year we can. We can be there. I think next year we, we're going to go, I think. You think so? I think so. Make the drive. Yeah, you know, or the <laughs> flight. I mean, you're crazy about driving. You're like, hey, let's drive to Chicago next year. And I was like, what? <laughs> we're gonna... Well, we'll be, at, we'll be at Celebration somehow. <laughs> we'll, we'll be there for everybody to see us. But um, yeah. so ending our podcast, it's, uh, it's a little uh, very sad news. And I'll let you, uh, let you take over for this one, man. Yeah, I mentioned on, uh, I guess it was a podcast ago, that uh, one of the uh, great podcasters that I've been following since 2011, that's when I found out about him. His name was John Schnepp. Um, He was on AMC Movie Talk. That's how I discovered him. Mm -hmm. And he was more or less their comic book expert. But, I mean, the way his delivery, his his jokes, and just, just his overall capability to do a podcast and to make you laugh, make you smile, really excite you about comic books. I mean, he was that guy. It felt like he was that guy that you knew that either worked at the comic book store or that was at the comic book store (laughs) that would just start talking to you, just strike up a conversation, and you could just talk about comics for hours with them. And that's really who he was on the podcast. And he was a special guest at first, and then John Campia who was the head of AMC Movie Talk, hired him on permanently, which he did with other talent that's there, like the Schmoes, Christian Harloff, and Mark Ellis. And, I mean, I just kind of 
from 2011 till now just kept on watching them and that's how i kept up with movie news essentially they'd break bleeding edge movie news and then they talk about it kind of like what we do but mm-hmm. i mean it was like every single major movie and major piece of news and his his viewpoint was really on point i think and he was really hilarious and he would make you laugh and um just his excitement for comics i mean that really made you want to get more more information and no more. I'm really not a comic book guy, mm-hmm. but he's one of those guys that made me really want to look and invest more in into comics and that that whole universe. And then of course, it became the golden age of comic book movies. Yeah. While he was podcasting and he would talk about it and he would constantly say, "Can you believe the time that we're living in now?" <laughs> I mean, we have a comic book movie coming out every 3 months now. And it's just incredible and just watching the videos and listening to the podcast amc movie news became collider collider purchased him and he stayed on and during the amc days at the latter end he created um they created other podcasts and they created um a podcast called heroes where they just talk about comic book (laughs) movies and that was really awesome i mean he gave so much insight to all the history of comics that he read and grew up on. And I later found out that he was he he did other things as well, of course. I mean, he was older. I mean, he was a big dude. I mean, six foot five. And you really can't tell on <laughs> on on your computer screen how what the sizes of these people are. But I did meet i I think I met everyone uh, on the Collider uh, podcast, uh, movie talk. Uh, crew except for him mm. he was the only one i didn't get to meet but uh, yeah i mean he he always brought it and he would always talk about all the sweaties all the super fans <laughs> that was his term for like the super like comic book nerd mm-hmm. he would always say sweaties and he, he would also say um yeah this comic book totally brings the flavor he would always say flavor <laughs> and i mean he would just get you hyped up for any anything he was talking about comic book wise mm-hmm. and of course he was there on the panels for movie talk when they'd bring up movies he just totally was not interested in he'd give you his opinion and put like a comedic twist <laughs> and he would have the crew just in stitches laughing and yeah just from 2011 till now i mean he was just i mean, I always look forward to it i mean he he carried his own podcast and he was a very influential part of my podcast listening live and i've been listening to podcasts i think since 2007 ish <laughs> and i mean it started for me i think with dignation and then it went to the totally rad show which was which was a great show three guys living in southern california going to premieres seeing early screenings reviewing games comics films that ended and then there was just kind of just this gap in my life where I had no podcast, no video podcast to watch or listen to until AMC Movie Talk kind of showed up in YouTube. And that's where Schnepp was. And unfortunately, he suffered a stroke, I believe, on July 12th. It's a catastrophic stroke. Mm. His partner and fiance Holly Payne, had been updating us throughout the whole thing. And, of course, Schnepp, he actually uh, came out with an excellent documentary called The Death of Superman Lives. And uh, I recommend you see that. If, if if you have any curiosity or Superman fan, even in the slightest, check out that documentary. He interviews Tim Burton, Kevin Smith, who was one of the original writers assigned to it. And he tried raising money for that and got it done. It was excellent. And him and Holly Payne, his fiance actually started and I think pretty much completed uh, a TV series as well. Mm. And that is yet to debut. And I think they, she needs to put the finishing touches on that. But like I was saying, he suffered a stroke. He was sick during this last, uh, the last week he was on uh, Heroes. And um, he unfortunately passed away two days ago. Mm. And uh, he was on life support and... Um, 
it, there was no there was no activity anymore in his brain so it was it was just a heartbreaking situation and he was i mean he was doing panels at uh, at at one of the at one of the cons he was visiting and it's it's a very kind of surreal and poignant time that he passes away during comic-con because mm. comic-con was his time yeah he's a big time comic book guy and i mean it lessens a blow for all of his co- colleagues mm-hmm. because they're all there and they all have to do a job they all have to report on it but um i mean there's gonna be a huge gap oh yeah in in my personal life not getting to listen to him anymore and hear his opinions and viewpoints so I just want to recognize him and uh, wherever he is, I mean, he's probably still, <laughs> he's he's probably having a drink with uh, Jack Kirby. <laughs> there you go. That's probably what he's doing. And uh, yeah, he uh, he's uh, continuing his next adventure. So, Man, it's so sad. Yeah, I had heard about it. I read, read the articles and I was like, oh, that's, that's just, and I know you were a big, big fan of you. I think you've spoken about him before on one of our previous podcasts yeah. as well. So yeah, I just um, I know it's it's cliche to say, but seriously though, our thoughts and prayers are to to him. I mean, to his family and everything, and because it's rough, it's rough, it's a rough thing. Yeah. So so tribute, man. Yeah. Thank you for everything. Yeah. Thanks, Jeanette. And uh, so yeah, sorry we ended on kind of a downer, but I felt we we should have honored we should honor him. For yeah, what definitely. He, for definitely. what he did. So um, thank y'all for listening, and um, uh, tune in next week and uh, we will have another awesome Star Wars topic for y'all and thank you for listening may the force be always